it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Today, I'm joined by the voice of the Washington football team, my pal, Bram Weinstein. I also have my wrap up after the fourth day of training camp practice, fan appreciation day, then the last day the team will spend in Richmond. They're off on Sunday, and will resume workouts Monday in Ashburn. Don't forget, you can read my work on ESPN.com. I have a couple stories up now, one about Tanya Snyder being out of practice, throwing some balls and being a lot more interactive, probably than her, other, her husband has ever been in a situation like this. And I also have one on the unfortunate COVID situation that continues to linger around this team. But let's talk football, so let's get to it. It's quite clear that Terry McLaurin and Chase Young are are the two most popular players on the roster. That was evident listening to the crowd as both players would emerge from the locker room and would walk to the practice field no matter when it would, no matter what practice it was, fans shouting their names. And then it was those two who were selected to speak to the fans after today's practice. Again, it was Rivera, then Terry McLaurin, and then and Chase Young. Um, Young revels in the adulation in a very good way. All week, he constantly interacted with fans when he could from a distance, of course, but he would get closer sometimes and certainly would acknowledge them with a hand wave during stretching or when he wasn't on the field, he might kind of give him a peace sign or just at least rec- or acknowledge that they were yelling for him and he understands that. He clearly feeds off their energy. McLaurin is a bit different. He understands his responsibility with them and before practice, I posted video of him today bringing out cleats, instructing a public relations member, Charlie Mule, to give them to a young child. A few seconds later, he had someone else give his gloves to another young boy who happened to be wearing a number 17 shirt. Young is more effervescent, McClure more businesslike, but both understand their role and their responsibility with the fans. I've said it before a few times, but McLaurin is at a really good camp. He just understands the subtleties of route running and has found a nice balance of patience and quickness off the line. He's a reliable target. Today, he grabbed the pass behind him in traffic from Ryan Fitzpatrick, but then you watch him in one-on-ones going against William Jackson. I posted this up yesterday after Friday, but I wanted to mention it where, again, it's one-on-one. So those are set up for the receivers to win. The, the defensive backs have no help that they can funnel to, et cetera. So it's really set up for them, but especially a route runner like McLaurin. And he got he got Jackson off the line with a quick release with quick feet. Then he gets him up to the top of the route and creates more at the top with a hard stem, but also a subtle, subtle head fake to the outside. And that was enough to bump um, Jackson just a little bit more off and create more separation as McLaurin cut to the inside. The kid is fun to watch. The COVID situation uh, strikes again as Brandon Sheriff and David Sharp were placed on the list today. That's now six Washington football team players on the list. Does not mean that they have the virus. It does mean they were at least in contact with someone who has had it. Ron Rivera told his players after practice that if this exact situation had happened the day before the opener, 
it would cost these this particular opener this year it would cost these players two games why because if it's if it's just contact tracing they still must be out five days Washington plays their second game on a Thursday against the Giants so his warning to players like hey this thing these kind of things that you may only think it's five days but if it happens then it could be an issue Washington is not in a good place with this. I think the only team that has had more that has more players on the COVID-19 list is Arizona with nine. Um, And they are also just above the 70% with vaccination rates. And again, I hate to keep talking about this, but as we see, it now impacts, if nothing else, it impacts practice from a football standpoint. And the problem for them now, even if a player starts the vaccination process, it takes, what, six weeks to get fully vaccinated? They're next, again, the next to last overall in vaccination rates. It doesn't matter what anyone thinks of the vaccine, but from a football standpoint, there is an impact and Washington is feeling it now. I haven't said much about running back Jared Patterson. And part of that is because it's really hard with running backs to get a great feel until the games begin. Um, I'm going to go deviate for a second here, but I remember way back in the day when Larry Johnson was trying out for Washington and Everybody thought he was having this great camp because, oh, he looked this, he looked that, he looked this. You get to the games and he averaged like two yards a carry. So it's a reminder. I always use that as a reminder to myself. Don't get carried away with how a guy is truly looking because you don't know. What I do like to see are like, I remember when Alfred Morris was here, what you could see in practice was the body lean. Things that are going to translate to a game as part of a strength of a player. But it's really hard to know. But, but having said that about Patterson, Um, I did like one run that he had today. He showed patience on an outside run. Then when he saw the opening wide, he turned it on upfield. He set the guys up thinking he might cut inside and he bounces outside. And it was a really nice quick burst outside. He'll be an interesting one to watch in the preseason. I I know there's some scouts who felt that he wasn't explosive enough to really do it in the NFL. That's why he was an undrafted free agent, but we'll see. He definitely has determination. I think he's going to be fun to watch. Tight end Samus Reyes is going to take some time to develop. He's still adjusting to catching passes in traffic and running routes and has struggled with his hands at times, often when he has to turn back and quickly locate the ball. That's something that others have talked about, like that would be an adjustment for him, whether it was any of the tight ends, whether it was Logan Paulson, Vernon Davis. I think some of the coaches have talked about that. He's better right now running routes down the field rather than trying to set somebody up with some sort of crossover move with his feet to get open, the sort of route that a Jordan Reed often used. Reyes does not look fluid in that situation yet. Blocking seems to be okay. That's you know from my elementary knowledge of that. But as he and others have said, it's a long process here. While others made the transition from college basketball, they had a football background to draw upon to some degree. Reyes does not. So he's really learning in this on the fly. And you can see there's there's been some growth there. And I think, again, some of the blocking, I think you see some of that playing out that way. But just on the, as a route runner, he just needs to do it over and over and over again. And, I, and before he finds out what he can do and before the coaches really see what he can do. Ryan Fitzpatrick likes to find receiver Cam Sims on those deep outs or crossers. It's been like that since the spring, and he connected with him again on such on a route today during nine-on-nine work. They have a good rapport in that area of the field. And in college, has had a good camp, and he's done a nice job of breaking on balls to break up passes. Today, one of those quick breaks resulted in an interception during a red zone drill as he picked off Taylor Heineke. Collins has made his presence felt during the early workouts. Cam Curl has done a nice job in his usual quiet way. He makes plays because of the combination of eyes and instincts, but those instincts are owned by study. Today, he covered Patterson out of the backfield, and Curl was patient as, as Patterson came and went up on his route, 
waiting for Patterson to make his cut. He did not break too soon. As soon as Patterson made his cut, um, Curl drove on the ball and broke up a pass. Just a nice play. Now, they've had those two working together. Bobby McCain had a nice play today. I know I heard Chris Harris, the defensive backs coach, shouting about it. Um, but Collins and, and I mean, both Collins and Curl are good. And, and Collins has stood out. And I think his knowledge back there is, is, is really good. And one thing Ron Rivera said today about Collins is that he had last year, there was a, there was a, an adjustment period that Collins went through because he was learning the defense. Well, he's now no, he now knows the defense. I think, you know, between studying it and he started to get it before he got hurt. And then after that, studying it some more in the spring, taking some mental reps and kind of coaching up guys as to what they should be doing. And you see it translating out here because again, he has looked pretty good. I have to say it was not Taylor Heineke's best day by a long shot. He was picked off, I believe it was a couple of times, missed on several throws. If the way for him to become the starter is to truly outshine Ryan Fitzpatrick, that has not yet happened. Bram and I will discuss this situation later. Um, and those were thoughts as of like Friday during practice, just so you know. I think, again, Heineke remains a good story, but he's going to have to really shine in the preseason if he wants to really elevate himself to a position where he is truly challenging for that job. He does continue to get some first-team reps. Not a lot, not a lot. And if there's a true competition, you're, you're, you're giving him a lot more reps than just a handful. That handful, to me, suggests that they're trying to get him ready just in case. Um, but I think he's also going to have to hold off Kyle Allen for that number two job as well. Not saying that's being – I don't know where that's at right now, but I do think – you know I don't think there's a big gap between those two either. One of the things that remains noticeable about, about Logan Thomas is his size. The dude's big at 6'6", 250, and he's adept at muscling guys to win the ball. He did that against Collins today, just using his frame in the red, in, using his frame in the red zone to attack the ball and basically set up and, and block out a guy. Ryan Fitzpatrick does like to have fun on occasion. We know that. In one red zone drill today, he was forced to run up to his right. Good coverage. He had the pass rush, the hole open. It was a legit hole. Sprinted into the end zone. Right at some fans in the in the end zone as he and as he ran at them, kind of turned and kind of like in a very quick manner, arms out, just celebrating, kind of yelling. Then he ran over and chest bumped with Tameric Hemingway. He was kind of laughing the whole time. So knew what he was doing. And, and I think he just likes to have fun. Casey Tuhill made a terrific diving interception, but the credit also goes to rookie safety Derek Forrest, who was smothering tight end Samus Reyes in the end zone. Not quite sure why Heineke threw the ball here, but Forrest tipped it. He was right in front of Reyes, tipped it, and Tuhill dove back toward the end zone to make the pick. I, and I think Tuhill's done a nice job. He's consistently worked with that second group at right defensive end. Not sure why, um, again, with Heineke, I will say, with some of these picks, and like Ron Rivera talked about this later, and sometimes a guy, guys will force the ball in practice that they wouldn't do in a game because there are no consequences. They know they can do it because sometimes you just want to see what not only what you can do, but maybe what that player can do with that play. So I don't go completely overboard with interceptions in, in the in training camp, but I think it was noticeable and it was a good play by force and a good play by two hill. Charles got some work at guard today, getting some work next to rookie Sam Cosme. I like Charles better at guard based on what we've seen of him thus far. When he typically when he gets beat at tackle, it's usually to the inside. I love his strength and I, I love his strength when he plays inside at guard. Receiver DeAndre Carter had a strong day with multiple catches, though on one of them, he probably would have been drilled by um, one of the defensive backs over the middle. But he also made a terrific grab, a one-handed grab on a back shoulder throw, a nice ball from Heineke in the end zone. Carter, might, like I said, he made a one-handed catch. He's an interesting player because he can play the slot. He can also play X and is a dual returner. 
that package gives him a chance to make the roster. Now, it's possible that they could he could be kept as a seventh receiver because of his ability. It would mean keeping one less player elsewhere, of course, and it's conceivable they could go with 26 players in offense and only 24 on defense, perhaps with only 10 DBs. My, my initial 53 had 11 DBs, but that also included DeShazer Everett, and he hasn't even been on the field yet. Carter will be one to watch in the preseason. All right, well, that's it for me. After this break, I'll be back with the voice of the Washington football team, Bram Weinstein, as we discuss our impressions from the first week of practice. Hey, folks, would you like free tickets for the preseason game against the Baltimore Ravens? Well, you're in luck because our sponsor, Prosper Insurance, is giving a ticket to anyone who gets a home and auto quote with them. You don't even have to buy a policy to get the free ticket, although the savings will absolutely make you want to switch today. Finding the right insurance can be a pain, but Prosper makes the process easy, all while providing great service and advice. Their licensed advisors shop the market with top companies like Allstate, Nationwide, Progressive, Travelers, and more to find you the perfect coverage at a great rate which is just a few of the many reasons why Prosper has over 1,000 five-star reviews on Google. You have nothing to lose. Simply visit prosper.insurance.com to get your quote and a free ticket to the Baltimore preseason game on August 28th. That's prosper.insurance.com, K-E-I-M, no.com. Get ready to feel good about your insurance. Welcome back. Now here's my conversation with Bram Weinstein. Bram, we've been here for what? This uh, third day watching practice. Yeah. Um, general impression so far for you? Uh, what I expected is they are deep. I mean, they really. This is really a deeper team than I can remember in a long time. Um, they're formidable looking. I still want to see live, live. Like, there's been no pads, right. so it's, it's hard until to say. That, it's really hard to say. But like, they have the look of an impressive, formidable type of team. And I don't know, until I see them actually run real plays in pads, it's kind of hard to know like where the quarterbacks are and where the receivers really are and all that stuff. But, you know, just from like first glance and maybe it's just we've been away from it for a little while, they look like they have the makings of a competitive team. In terms of that depth, where do you see it? Where are you seeing it the most? Um, I, I really, really think the most interesting position group for, for our purposes and watching like a competition this summer is safety. And in seeing that, seeing Landon Collins out there again, seeing them already in a couple of days shift Cam Curl around into some different right. spots. So they're being, you know, they're already talking about position flexibility with him. And then they have really good options behind them. And, you know, I don't know, like, again, another one is, is Jamin Davis. Like, until I see live live, I think right. it's really kind of hard to know, does he... Is he caught up with everybody yet? And it, it would be reasonable that he isn't because I haven't seen much from him yet. Like, he hasn't, like, flashed to me yet. Um, but until they go live live, I don't know that. And if he is what they think he's going to be very, very quickly, then they're deeper there than they were a year ago. So, you know, I think there's still some huge question marks. Like, can either one of these quarterbacks, or both of them probably, throughout the year really carry them to the places they want to go, which is back to the playoffs and whatever run they can take? And then secondarily, like, again... Until we see live, live, is the O line okay? Right. Because like, I don't think we know that. Really no, we right don't now. know. And the fun, the funny thing with the O line is, I agree with you. As far as the starters go, we don't know. Like there are some. I think they really like Sam Cosme. I know that. We they drafted him in the second round. They thought he was a first round grade. And talking to people here, they like his attitude, demeanor, etc. But they know he's 
technically flawed. Yeah. How is that going to play out in the game? Charles Leno, what's he going to do at left tackle? Who's going to be, well, is it Schweitzer at guard or somebody else going to go there? So, But I like the depth there, if nothing else. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I saw Chase Young talk the other day, and someone asked him about Cosme, and he's like, what can you do to help him? And, you know, and, and you know, he's got the unenviable task of having to go against, I don't know, maybe the best young pass rusher in the NFL who's as powerful as anybody in the NFL. And he's, uh, his answer was, I just got to give him my best and see how he does with it. And I agree with that. It's sink or swim. And, you know, at some point, Cornelius Lucas will come back, and then we'll see how things kind of shift around. But even, that's, even that position group, again, there's a lot of flexibility there. Like, right. Schweitzer could play either guard. Flowers, I think, could play either guard. Sadiq Charles was practicing at right tackle out of necessity this week. Like, a lot is happening here. And until this thing kind of shakes out, I mean, it gets hard to know. And there's been a couple other people, like, that have just kind of, when you see them in person, you're like, oh, okay, like, like, I'm looking at 56 over here, the seventh-round pick Bradley King. I hadn't heard a thing about him the entire spring. All of a sudden on day one, he's all over the place. Yes, and he, you know, what yeah. I liked about him is they also were lining him up over the middle, standing up as a rusher, coming through the middle. You know, So I think he's got some versatility, yeah. which is going to be like – for one of those guys, because I think an interesting battle is that last defensive end spot. I think James Smith-Williams gets – the other and the third. Um, I agree. And I like him. He plays with power. But then, who's the other one? Two Hill, um, Bradley King or Shaka Tony? Yeah, Shaka Tony might be on the practice squad. Yeah. That'd be my guess. This guy, Bradley King, might be on the practice squad. You know, it is still COVID time, so the practice squad is different. There, right. are, you know, there's more room for you to maneuver that type of stuff. You know, I think I'm curious about Samus Reyes. People like that because I I feel like. He's destined for the practice squad. Like, have you, if have they you can figure so out a way far? to do that. What do you think out of him so far? I mean, not a lot, really, yeah. honestly. And and I want to be honest about that because yeah, I no, never I'm wants to pump hype and hope and all that stuff. Like, I haven't seen a ton from him. But again, until they put on pads and go 11 on 11, and there's probably no hitting, hitting, but it's close enough to it, and they're going live speed. That's when you really get a sense for everything. And right now, they're going like three-quarter speed. They're not going to tackle each other. There's no fear of a hit, you know. Not that they're trying to hurt each other ever. Right. But you know it when you see right, it, right, and right. it's different when they go full speed. Correct. And I think the, the hard thing with Ray is you can see that the adjustments are so it's getting used to even the speed out here and, and, and knowing what you need to do in a quick way in traffic. And I think you can still see him transitioning that. That's why I agree with you. I think they- He's been honest about it too. I, yeah, don't, he I know he's not sitting here going, I'm, oh, I'm gonna catch onto this really no. quick. I heard your interview with him, you know, the other day. Like, he's being very honest about it. And, you know, I, I don't think there's a rush with him. I, I think like all this stuff about like Logan Thomas is not the answer for them at tight end. They've answered that question. They believe that he is their guy. Right. And, and if, I think it buys them a year. The tricky part with him is, they can't cut him because if he gets cut, he's going to get picked up by somebody else. So they've got to figure something out. Yeah, and, I think, yeah. and it depends on what he shows in, in the preseason. If he shows anything, you're going to have to keep him yes. as a third tight end. So you know, or you make it attractive enough on practice squad to stay here long term. Because some guys you sometimes know, minor injuries pop up. Too, correct. So we'll see. Exactly. You know, I'm exactly. not accusing anybody of right, anything. Right. I'm just welcome to the business. Um, offensively, quarterbacks. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Um, okay, so like, what's really interesting about having the fans back is, you know, we're in our bubble, and, and I think you know we sometimes we know too little, and sometimes we know too much, and sometimes we're insular with one another because we're only really gaining the feedback from one another. Um, the reaction here to Heineke it tells you a lot about how I think yes. fans kind of feel about yeah. him, and it's really nothing against Fitzpatrick. It's just I think it's more of a thank you for what you did in January. We love your story. 
You know, he's also, you know, played in this region of the country, so that probably doesn't he's, hurt. He's a, there's probably some ODU to, grads that yeah. are here, you know, so like there's that stuff going on. But I there's clearly something about him that's infectious. You see it with his teammates, you see it with them, he plays with reckless abandon. Yeah. And he throws a really nice ball. He, he throws a catchable ball. He throws a really nice ball. Yeah. And, you know, with Fitzpatrick, it's funny. Like, the first day I went, I walked out of there going, I don't want to go too crazy here, but if you just took one look at both of them, you'd go, there's a real shot for four yeah, to end up yeah, as starting yeah. quarterback. Day two, script was totally flipped. Yeah. And maybe that's what it is with Fitzpatrick, is that you're going to get ups and downs. That's been his whole career. And, and, and there I, it was on display for you, day ones correct. and two. And I think I also wonder with him, what is the, you know, as you catch up in the offense with these guys, what's it, is that? Does that make a difference, or is it? Are we just going to see like, hey, this is the guy he's always been? I think the other part that's I think very underrated about all of this, and I think really is going to be the difference because I don't expect Fitzpatrick to fall on his face this summer. Like I don't right. expect that at all. Like that, I think that's what it would take for Heineke to win the job. Um, this guy has been in the league for 17 years. He has a wealth of experience. There's an education gap and an experience gap that Heineke is not going and to be able to talk close about it. They at all. They all talk about that. Not so much the gap, so, but they talk about his his wisdom. Again, when we go live live, I think you're going to see that manifest itself in Fitzpatrick is way more likely to get him out of bad plays, get him into good plays. And while his he'll be open and admit, like, sometimes my decision-making isn't the greatest, right, right. but he's not going to put them in a bad spot to start the plays. And I think that's where, you know, not to suggest that Heineke will, but that's just an experience thing. And I think that's what you're going to see in the preseason as it goes along. But we just saw a passion Fitzpatrick that's a wobbler. And, like, it just, like, from the pure visual of it, Heineke throws a really nice well, ball, and if you watch them practice together, you'd go, that's a 50-50 shot, and I don't really think that, that Well, you know is. what's funny with Heineke? The one thing that, and I remember like hearing stuff about Bill Walsh, the former 49ers great coach, one of the best of all time, talking about when he looks at quarterbacks, the one question he asks is, does he throw a catchable ball? Yes. Heineke does, and I'm not saying that he's going to be this great quarterback, but he throws a catchable, and you saw that um, in his start, in his action last season as well. I mean, after minicamp, my, my gut told me, Let's seriously look into this guy in 2022. That like he he earned the right to compete in the spring. Holy cow. <laughs> and we just watched a great catch by McLaurin yeah. and a deep ball by Fitzpatrick. Um, and it was good coverage by Jackson. This is an unbelievable play. Yeah. Apologize for the pause, but yeah. we still get the use and odds here too. Even though we, even we, even after all these years, we still get caught up in yeah. the whole thing. You know, I, I think. After minicamp, I thought, here's what happened. I think he earned the right to compete after what he did yep. in January. They gave him that right to compete. They told him what they wanted him to do. He did literally everything. And so at that point, they said, you know what? Go after it, kid. And they were just, I think it was just an earned validation of what he had done. But it didn't mean that he realistically was going to win the job. And all I came out of it was, if this guy's here for another year and he's growing, getting better, doesn't get frustrated, that I don't know that he's not the answer in a year or two for them. I don't know that he is, but I don't know that he isn't anymore. Right. And so I think that's really, I'm still there on that. That This is really, they're going to go as far as Fitzpatrick really takes them this year, but Heideke might be an option for them to consider as he, the, we go through this perpetual listen, who's the long-term quarterback. And, he, and, and I'm not sure that i put him in that category at, at this, certainly not, not at this point, not at this point. I'm just saying he's, he trended that way. He's still trending that way. And until he starts to slide back to another direction where you don't think that ceiling is still higher, I give him the benefit of the doubt. And sure. I think that's what Ron Rivera did. Well, I think that's what he did. And I think he wants to see, okay, now that you have some consequences, which he's always talked about, is how do you handle that? Do you, do you Scott play Turner loves him too. That's the other thing. That's a big key. And I think it, is a big it, key. May, listen, it may even be that they just have a really good backup 
and the ball came right at us there. So excuse the pause, but it may just be that they have a really good backup for a while, and there's nothing wrong with that because you need you need that as well. I agree. I, I think like you know, let's see what happens here. This is going to be an interesting ride. You know, it really is. It's going to be an interesting ride, and I think we all know that how the quarterback plays is going to matter. But I want to go back to the offensive line. I think that they are right now a major question mark. Who the starters are, if they can gel quickly, what does that look like? Their first two games, they're both at home. They're against Bosa and the Chargers. Right. And then they get the Giants, who we know have been considerably better on defense from a year ago. And right. it, it should be expected to be again this year as they've upgraded their secondary. Like Those feel like, based on their schedule, they better at least be 1-1, one one, if not 2-0 and oh, with those right. two home games. And we're going to find out very quick if their offensive line can protect their quarterbacks. Yeah, and I think the other question too on offense is, you know, with Antonio Gibson, what kind of jump does he take in year two? Yeah, I I, I want to see how they use him. I mean, that's the other part of this that we haven't seen yet that we don't know. One is Curtis Samuel isn't out here practicing yet. And two is Gibson, is he going to be more of a receiver like he was in college? Are they going to utilize him differently? Um, how does McKissick fit into all of that? If Gibson does slide into roles like that, realistically, what are the uses of Samuel? Are they going to try him at running back like Carolina did at times or use him in the slot or put him at, like, what's going to happen here? So that one, I think we got to wait. Obviously, we need to wait another week or two because I think that's the other fascinating subplot of, all right, now it's not Terry and who, it's how are you getting the one ball to all these guys? And, and that's what's really interesting about this And I this think year. the other thing too, offensively, we haven't seen Curtis Samuel out here because the groin, now he's on the COVID list. Yeah. Um, is that, and I know, like I was told, it's not the concern is very low with him as far as the groin goes, but you want a guy out here practicing. Of course, he hasn't been here. Right. I mean, he hasn't been here. He, he, like, sure. Like, does he uh, does he have a good grasp of what they're probably doing? Yeah, I, I'm sure. I'm sure McLaurin's probably brought him up to date. I mean, some of this stuff is a carryover from Carolina early, so I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. Like, it's not a huge transition for him. Like, he's probably very comfortable here, but like. This is a whole new offense, really. Yeah. It's a new quarterback. It's a new line. It's new weapons or weapons being utilized differently. He needs to get out here. Um, and I'm not in any rush in late July, but right. I'd like to see him play against New England. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, troubled by the COVID stuff as far as, and I know like people don't like this storyline. <clears throat> we don't like this storyline. We don't like asking about it and talking about it, but it's still here. And it, you know, do you worry about this being an underlying issue for them? Yes. Of course, I, I worried about it for everybody, you know, right. every team, but this team because of their rates and I don't know where it's at now, but yes, of course, because there's just a higher level of risk that there's going to be an outbreak that could force them into a competitive disadvantage. And if there is money lost, that's when all of a sudden it could become a real core issue in the locker room. And, you know, like this is all well and good to discuss personal choices and personal freedoms and I'm not going to sit here and advocate anybody to do anything they don't want to do especially put something in their body right. but I will tell you minds get changed when a paycheck goes away and if that paycheck goes away for somebody who has been responsible and taken the vaccine I could see that. a problem Absolutely. You know, I could see a real problem there and then just like personally I just got a note from Montgomery County that my kids are going to have to wear masks in school again yeah. for the entire year which tells you the direction this is going again so just in general, I'm very worried about the season at large. If like, Sports oftentimes is, is a leader in these moves. Mm -hmm. The NBA was the first to shut down. The Ivy League was the first to shut down. The, the NFL, um, nice interception by Cole Luke. <laughs> they, the, uh, the NFL is really at the forefront of, we're going to put the hammer down on people. And they've done things that 
because they're a private institution, they can do. Right. And they can take all the backlash you want, but I do think that we've turned to a side where many of us who are vaccinated are going, I saw this movie last year, I lived it, I really don't want to have the sequel of it, and we need you guys to come along with us, and I'm surprised we're here, but the NFL has resorted to threatening and that's, people. And that's why I say, like, it became a storyline once the NFL put out certain rules and parameters, and, like, I, you can't help people. that. Yeah, I mean, yes. and you can create divisions, but, you know, whether or not, whether whatever you think of it, it's more just from a team concept, how does it impact 100%. the situation? So, when, again, whatever your feelings are on that, I'm not, you know, I'm not here to get, we're not here to get political, it's more just how does it affect a team? I don't think it's like, I don't think it is political, frankly. Like, well, I, it it's a public health crisis, you know, like, and I think that's where, I'll use the word Rivera used. It's frustrating. Yeah. It's, and I'm frustrated by it too. I think everybody's frustrated by it, but I'm with you. Like for me, um, until it, and this is how I feel about all personal issues with the team. When I covered them as a beat reporter to doing, calling the games now to all of it, until it affects your availability on Sunday, I'll stay out of it. Yeah. But once it affects your availability on Sunday, it's now suddenly my business. What's well, a story? It becomes right. a story because right. you know whether you, if it's just like if you're hurt, it becomes a story. That's right. The so last last thing when you're out here, um, and we were around Rivera last year. We were around the team last year out of training camp. But do you feel anything different this year? Um, yes, I think I think they have done a masterful job in a very short period of time of improving the depth of the roster. Um, I think everybody knows that they're not a complete project and it's not there yet, but the arrow's pointing up and it's really, they have done what it looks like, an incredible job of being way deeper than they've been in the past. Um, the way they conduct their business is different than the way the previous administrations have. I think that feels like the right thing to do. And it's really funny, I mean, I was listening to Aaron Rodgers the other day and talk about how he's very upset with how people come and go there and how he more than, you know, more than insinuated he'd like to be the assistant GM of the Green Bay Packers. And I, and my reaction was, well, he ain't coming here now <laughs> because you think Rivera and Herney and, and, uh, and Mayhew are interested in bringing in a player slash GM because I don't. Well, I think, so, and, I, and I, would, I would agree with that, except that I think in his case, they think he can get him to a Super Bowl. Maybe. You know, and I think like I think he would come here knowing he doesn't have that level of I haven't say. seen them bend on anybody giving them opinions yet. Oh no, so no, I, no. So I'm but I don't think see. I'm not yeah. sure that a Rodgers would come here expecting to have that sort of pool in a new organization. Maybe. Certainly in Green Bay, he felt like he earned that. Tom so Brady listen. got it in Tampa. And if another team says fine, we'll get Antonio Brown and Gronk and all these people. Well, I don't for think you, and I don't right? think they're gonna do that for him here. So that's they're, not what bringing, I'm they're not gonna trade for Randall Cobb here. Correct. So, that's so if right. that's what he wants, he'll be trouble. But that's right. we'll see. Anyway, long way to go before that. Bram, thanks a lot. Enjoy. Thanks. Let's talk about underdog fantasy. Underdog fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy football for big cash prizes. An underdog fantasy you just draft. No need to worry about waivers, lineups, or injuries. Underdog handles it all for you. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft a season-long best ball team, and that's it. No in-season management. They're going to give you $25 when you sign up so you can take a free shot at a $1 million grand prize in their fantasy football tournament. That's right. You can get a free $25 in bonus cash on Underdog Fantasy if you use the code KIME, K-E-I-M, when you make your first deposit. I love Underdog because it's just so easy to use. The mobile app is slick, 
The website is user-friendly, so do what I've been doing. Go to underdogfantasy.com, join a league, draft a team, and that's it. You're good for the season. Remember, go to underdogfantasy.com, the App Store, or the Google Play Store, sign up with the code KIME, the E-I-M, and get a free $25 in bonus cash. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Bram for joining me, and thank you for listening all week. I hope you like these quick daily training camp updates. I'll be back with another short episode after practice on Monday. Talk to you next time.